This is the Truth and Power Podcast with Ryan Edberg. Thank you for tuning in today. You are listening to Truth and Power, and I'm Ryan Edberg. Um, we are going into um, a little bit of a series here. There's going to be a several different part um, teaching because there's so much into it. Um, the reason I even started Truth and Power and um, go out and do a Truth and Power events and stuff like that is based off of First Thessalonians 1 and 5. It says, For the gospel did not come to you in word only, but in power and in the Holy Spirit and as much assurance as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. Um, we look at this and what Paul's talking about here is that it's not just about that word that was preached. Paul said again in another scripture, the word was preached to them as well to them, but to them it was no effect because it wasn't mixed with their faith. And what we read from this is that it's not just about the written word, but applying your faith to God's word. It's not just about um, the word of God is accurate. The word of God is true. It is exactly that is infallible, but it's not complete until it's alive and working through you. So there's horsepower when you actually take the word and you start to move in power. And um, <clears throat> so I want to talk a little bit about that today and I'm going to go into the Holy Spirit and what that power is, um, because it's important that all of us today as Christians, we don't just live like everybody else in the world, but we have this power um, that they're talking about. So the truth is the word of God and power is when it um, is alive and moving through us. So everything that Jesus Christ paid for on the cross, we put our faith to it, such as salvation, it manifests into uh, salvation when we believe in uh, Jesus Christ. It says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and you will be saved, right? Everything, it says, by my stripes you were were healed. Well, there's some people today that are not healed. And so we've got to look at that power that is, uh, the scripture says it, Jesus paid for it. Now we've got to build up our faith and believe in the word of God. Um, so we're going to start in today. And um, I'm reminded of the scripture in Zechariah 4, 6, and where it says, so he, he answered them and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to, Zer to Zerubbabel, um, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. This power that we're talking about here, it's not by your might and it's not by your power, right? The power that we're talking about is by the spirit of God living on the inside of us. Now, the Trinity has been um, widely debated and um, at looking through scriptures here, um, we're going to look into scripture and, and what it teaches because a lot of people have tried to teach this and they're off. I've heard about, um, you know, it's like an egg. Well, there's all three separate parts, but it's still one egg. I get that. I've heard of body wash where it is uh, shampoo, it's conditioner, and it's also body wash all in one bottle. You know, it's the same thing. Um, well, it's a little more complex than that because it's God, right? Um, God is separate, but yet He's the same, and we see this Trinity working through Scripture, and some people have a, a hard time even thinking about it when, honestly, you're going to have to have faith in what the Word says, and and if you think that you can comprehend God, then you're, you're very mistaken. Um, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, you see in Scripture here 
as being separate but yet the same. In the beginning in Genesis, when God says, let's make man in our image, he's talking to the Trinity, right? It says in John that um, Jesus Christ was the Word became flesh, that he was in the beginning, and the beginning was the Word, right? And so we see that Jesus was in the very beginning. Now, can follow me down this rabbit hole for a moment. It says in Scripture that no man has seen the Father, and yet we see Adam and Eve walked and talked in the cool of the day with God. What is that? I believe, and it's my own um, personal opinion that that was Jesus walking and talking with Adam and Eve in the garden. Now, did it look like Jesus in the uh, New Testament? I don't know about that. But what I do see is that the word became flesh is Jesus. And so God wanting to communicate his word and interact with people comes down as a man, right? And God gave dominion to man of this earth. That's why it was the importance that Jesus came down even as a man. And we see through scripture that um, Jesus, the son of God, is that word becoming flesh. That's the son of God. And so God himself wanting to interact with man and take back what the devil stole is Jesus Christ. Now, God himself wanting to be in man right, is the Holy Spirit. So we look at it and we see that it's God, but that he has to um, react in a different way to get something done, right? So God working through you, the glory of God, even talking to Moses, his face was so bright that he had to even veil his face. So that glory and that power had to be done something different to live on the inside, that we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so without us exploding because of the power of God fully in us, or, you know, God the Father, we've got God the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. Now, this seems um, a little bit in-depth and, and crazy, but I want to show you this power that you have on the inside. Because again, it's not by your power, it's not by your might, but it's by the Spirit of God living on the inside of you that we're able to do anything, right? But some Christians, like, it, without faith, it's impossible to please God, but yet some Christians don't even believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are still for today. So how are you going to operate when everything we do is by faith? If you don't even believe, how are you able to see anything in life, right? We want to see something as Christians to put our faith in it. Well, that's 100% backwards of what Scripture even talks about. In Mark, the Great Commission, when he sent him out, he says, these signs will follow those who believe, and not the believers will follow after they see, but the signs, miracles, will follow the people that believe. Not the apostles, not the disciples. It doesn't say that. It says these signs will follow those who believe. So everything is done by faith. So first, we have to believe that God the Father sending his Son down as Jesus Christ, right? God the Son, and now wanting to be inside of us as God the Holy Spirit. Now, the best way that I can grasp this in my own um, small mind is 
the word omnipresent, right? Now we look in scripture and we see different things, like even Jeremiah um, 23, 24, when it talks about can man hide himself in hiding places um, so I don't see him, God's saying. It says, declares the Lord. <clears throat> it says, do I not fill the heavens and the earth, declares the, the Lord. So it's not that his presence is just here with you and then uh, it's not like man where I can be with my wife at one time and then I've got to go and hang out with my kids and then I've got to go to church and then I've got to go to work and I've got to go do this. No, his presence fills the whole earth and not only that, but fills the whole heavens, right? So omnipresent is everywhere at the same time. So God being here on earth in the form of Jesus Christ can also communicate with God the Father in heaven because he's in both places. God can be inside of me working and praying and speaking to me while he's speaking to you, while he's speaking to a church in Africa, while he's speaking to a church in Asia, while he's speaking to a church in India, while he's moving through in power because his presence fills the whole earth, right? So omnipresence looks like when Jesus was baptized, right? Jesus goes down to be baptized and the Holy Spirit ascends on him in the form of a dove and the skies open up and God the Father says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And so you see here this picture of the Trinity all separate, yet all the same. Um, and it's just this profound mystery, but it's God, right? And so God wanting to be on the inside of it says that Jesus was able to do many miracles because he was fully God and fully man. What does that mean? You can go back and listen to my teaching on dominion and, and that message, but really God handing over creation to man and then the devil stealing it, right? And then Jesus coming or God coming back as a man, Jesus Christ, to take back what man had screwed up. And so we see here that the Trinity moving in power is so important. Jesus was able to do many miracles because he was fully God and fully man. Now we're fully man with dominion and authority here on earth that God has given us. Again, we're going to go into that in a moment. So hold on. <laughs> Don't get too excited yet. Um, but with the Holy Spirit, fully God living on the inside of us. Now we can look at the power of God and we need to realize because in scripture, it's very clear, but people can get um, caught up on making a doctrine out of, you know, the power of God, out of Holy Spirit, out of all of this stuff, when really it's just relationship, right? It's God never wanted to be figured out. He wanted to be believed. He never wanted to be two plus two equals four. He wanted to be believed. And so we're looking at the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. Now, a lot of people will say, you know, it's it's my power. You know, God living on the inside of me. Now I can do many miracles. And you're true in saying that, but we need to realize that it's not your power. Without God and the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, you can't do anything. You are powerless and you're in the flesh. Now, when people try to... Um, get things from the cross, right? Um, the finished works of Jesus Christ and go outside of scripture 
and go outside of um, the way that the word has set it up, it's called witchcraft. What do I mean by that? Um, Jesus said that by my stripes you are healed. And it says the, the, the prayer of faith has made you um, well. Now you look through scripture and it's every time is believing in God. Now we can get into that same where I've got to be good enough to be healed. I've got to fast enough. I've got to pray enough. I've really got to move God to do something for me. Now it's based off of what you do to get your healing, and that's called witchcraft. Anytime that you take something that God did free and made it as a free gift, and you try to receive that free gift by works, that's putting it all back on you again. And we need to realize that it's not your power, but it's God's power. Now, we can look at, you know, the power company supplying the source, right? God being the source of all power here on earth. Um, but yet, we have that opportunity to turn on and off that switch by obedience and by faith, right? It says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Well, what happens if we don't believe in that and we never lay hands on the sick? You know, is that power any less real? No, you just didn't use it, right? Um, we can look at um, a lot of that in scripture, like the power source supplies power to my house. And I'm not going to call that power company and say, hey, the lights in my bedroom aren't on. They're going to laugh at me and say, flip the switch, right? The same way as we go up to God and we approach um, what has already been paid in a free gift and the power inside of us as God, won't you please do when Jesus laid hands on them, right? And sent them out. He breathed them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And we're going to go into that um, coming up here. But I want you guys to have this foundation to realize that it's not by your might. It's not by your, po your power, but it's by his power, which is by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts, that Holy Spirit living on the inside of you now. And um, so I'm going to go into a couple of scriptures here, because how do we even receive this power? Now, there's a lot of people that have this doctrine on the power of God and how they receive the power um, the Holy Spirit. Now, some people will say it's with laying on of hands. Some people will say that it is um, at salvation. And I've got my own opinions on that by reading scripture, but I'm not willing to die on this mole hole, hole because it's it's literally um, God, right? It's literally God. And if we try to put him in a box and say it has to be done this way every single time or it's not right, we have to do it like this, then literally we're putting God inside of a box. Now, um, for those of us that say, you know, you get the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit was not an Acts 2 moment only. The Holy Spirit was at the beginning as well with God, right? And when he said, let's make man in our image. So we think that the Holy Spirit coming was only an Acts 2 moment, right? But you look through Old Testament and the Holy Spirit is moving all over the prophets, right? They're prophesying, right? Things are happening. Moses and his staff, right? They're doing many miracles. You see all this stuff. But you see here, even in um, the Old Testament, laying on of hands was significant. In Deuteronomy 34, if you kind of look through 8 and 9, it talks about um, Joshua was full of the spirit of wisdom. 
He is full of that spirit, right? It's not his wisdom. It's full of the spirit of God. And it says, for Moses had laid hands on him. So the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. Now there's something significant by the laying on of hands. It says, um, where two or three or more are gathered, you know, I'm there in the midst. It's important to go to church because there's this laying on of hands moment when you, um, if you're sick, um, come to the elders of the church and they'll lay hands on you and you will recover. You see all this stuff in scripture where there's importance of agreeing together on something, right? Scripture also says don't just lay hands on anybody right away, right? Don't be hasty in the laying on of hands. In Acts 8, 14, um, it says this, going through 24, it says, And now the apostles who were in Jerusalem had heard that Samaria had received the word of God. They sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as of yet, um, he had fallen upon none of them. Um, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Um, then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And then Simon saw through the laying on of hands of the apostles, hands of the Holy Spirit was given. He offered them money saying, give me this power also that anyone who I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to them, may your money perish with you because you thought that you could buy the gift of God, um, that the gift of God could be purchased with money. Now, we realize here, he goes into saying, well, pray for me that this doesn't happen, right? May your money perish with you because you wanted to buy this free gift. You wanted to earn this free gift. We're still doing that today. It may not be with money, but we're still trying to, by the law, earn the grace and the favor of God instead of receiving what Jesus paid for. The blood of Jesus over your life is so much better than anything that you can do to try to earn. And really, God's saying, may your money May your good works perish with you because you thought you could earn what I've already done. You thought you could earn what I paid for instead of just freely receiving that gift of Jesus, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the cross, the gift of healing, the gift of salvation, the gift of increase. You see all this through scripture and yet we're still doing this. But I want to point out that there was something significant on them saying that they hadn't even been filled with the Holy Spirit yet. Now realize this is Acts 8 after Acts 2 where the Holy Spirit had fallen on them and they were filled with power, right? And so you look at this and you see that there's this significance of laying on of hands, the Holy Spirit had fallen, yet there's Christians here and they hadn't received the Holy Spirit yet. So they start laying hands on them and they're receiving the Holy Spirit. And then Simon sees this and says, I want that too. I could probably make some money off that. If I can go lay hands and people receive this power as well, what wouldn't people pay for that? I'm willing to purchase this. It's a good investment, right? And he gets rebuked for it. Now, also look, fast forward to Acts nine seventeen. It says in uh, and Ananias went um, his way and entered the house. This is when Paul receives the Holy Spirit and lays his hands on him. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has came and sent me to you that you may receive sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we realize here that um, he was filled with the Holy Spirit at that moment, that his ministry moved forward in power, that things like scales fell from his eyes at that moment. Now, even go 
um, farther into Acts, Acts 19, 1 through 7. I'm just making a point here. I want you guys to see this. This is important. It says, And it happened when Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I don't know how much more this could really um, be spelt out. And they said to him, We have not even heard whether there was a Holy Spirit or there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what were you baptized? So they said to him, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance. And he's and saying to the people that he should believe whom would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they had heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, a Holy Spirit had come upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were there, about twelve in all. Now you see that there's this gift of the Holy Spirit that's coming to people. Um, Ananias in Acts 9 lays hands on Paul and he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Now he went from Saul to being Paul and filled with the Holy Spirit, now moving in power. Now he comes to a bunch of disciples who hadn't even heard there was a Holy Spirit yet. They were just baptized in John, believe in Jesus Christ, and yet they didn't have this power of the Holy Spirit. And so Paul then lays hands on them and the Holy Spirit comes on them. And now they move in power, they speak in tongues, and they prophesy. So there's this transfer of the Holy Spirit that we go back in 8, and we see that this is where um, Simon was trying to purchase because he saw it was with the transferring of laying on of hands. Now, I've been in meetings before where people came forward to receive the Holy Spirit, and I went to go pray for them. And they had believed in God so much to come forward to receive the Holy Spirit that before I even laid hands on them, they were praying in the Spirit. Now, I didn't teach them about that. I didn't say what to do. I didn't give any instructions. But their belief in God, their faith again, was enough that God just moved in power and fell on them, right? And so I see that different, there's this um, Acts 2 moment of the Holy Spirit was always there, but this power coming and infilling people, right? Infilling Christians then. Now they're laying hands on people and they're praying for this power to be um, spread throughout. You look in First uh, Timothy four fourteen, and it says, do not neglect the gift that is in you. And we know what that is, the Holy Spirit, right? It's not our own gifts which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands in the elders. Also in Timothy, um, Paul tells Timothy to encourage yourself to stir up the gifts that's inside. So we know that we've been given the Spirit without measure, right? It says that through Scripture, that we've been given the Spirit without measure. So what is this, this the laying on of hands and this stirring up of the gifts that's inside? You know, the Holy Spirit is in there, but there's many Christians today that have it not either received that baptism, that power of the Holy Spirit, or they have and they've let it grow dormant because it's not like we talked about in the beginning. They've got the truth of it, 
but they're not applying their faith to it. They're not letting it activate. They think that the Holy Spirit is going to overtake them and overpower them, and they're just going to speak in tongues. They think that the Holy Spirit is going to possess them, and all of a sudden somebody's going to get healed, and they'll have this out-of-body experience where they're not in control of their body anymore, and God's just going to move them to pray for people and do this stuff. Now, the Holy Spirit is not looking to possess you in the way that a demon would take over and take control of your your body. He's not looking to possess you. He's looking to empower you. He's looking to have you put your faith to the gift that he put on the inside and move forward according to scripture and what the word says. You believe in scripture, believing the power that's on the inside of you now. Again, not your power, his power on the inside and moving forward to reach a generation. That's this power that we're talking about. This, that's this, this power that's the truth and power. Now, I'm going to go into um, a Holy Spirit and what he is, what he does, what's the purpose of that, and the power in the next episode. So this is Holy Spirit 1. We're going to go into uh, the teaching on the Holy Spirit number 2 in the next part. So make sure that you're following to this. I wanted to make this um, just a foundation setting of who the Holy Spirit is, Trinity, and then um, how do we receive that Holy Spirit? Now, I'm not willing to go and debate somebody to say, well, you don't have the Holy Spirit. You do have the Holy Spirit. What I do know is that it says fathers that are wicked know how to give their gifts, their children, good gifts. So how much more will your heavenly Father give you all the gifts, all spiritual gifts, all every good and perfect gift that comes from heaven, right? I'm putting a few scriptures together here, but I'm showing you what the word says. How much more will he not freely give to anybody that asks? Now, this is this freely you've been given or freely you've received, now freely give. A lot of people have received that Holy Spirit. They've received that power, but they're not freely giving. And that's where we're messing up as the church is because God's not wanting the Holy Spirit inside of you for goosebumps. It's so much more than that. We've diminished it down to goosebumps, but the Holy Spirit is not just goosebumps. It's not just, I'm going to get prayer. The Holy Spirit's going to touch me and I'm going to fall over on the ground and shake a bit. Now that might happen um, when you have a God moment, right? But that's not what it's about. Now, if you have that moment and you wake up changed and you move forward in power, then praise God for that moment, right? But we sometimes just want to get to church so somebody can pray for us and we just fall on the floor and we just have, you know, this moment and we feel goosebumps and we leave and we wait for next week to do it again. That's called being an immature believer, right? It's time that we grow up in the most holy faith and we go out there with that power that God's given us. We put our faith to it. Freely we've received. Now we freely give. God's not wanting to be inside of you just for goosebumps. He's not wanting to be in you. He's wanting to move through you, right? The blood of Jesus over your life, forgiven of your sins, Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Now God flowing through you to take back what the enemy has stolen. It says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We need to realize what's in heaven. We need to realize God in heaven, his spirit filling 
the heavens and filling the earth, right? Like we read about now living on the inside of you. But how is that applied today? Jesus came down. God came down as Jesus in human form to take back what the enemy stole. And then literally Jesus saying, um, it's going to be good for you that I leave because if I don't leave, the Holy Spirit can't come. And so we see that this the Holy Spirit now coming and moving on the inside is what Jesus was talking about so that God coming down can now move through all of us in power and be like Jesus, right? Where he was the first among many brethren, right? That we are now co-heirs with Jesus Christ, it says, receiving that Holy Spirit that we can now move forward in power. Again, it's not our power, but his power. So that's what I wanted to cover on this truth and power. I hope it blessed you. Um, go and click to the next one right away. If you have time, I wanted to break them up into two sessions because they are longer. Um, but I want you guys to get horsepower. And I'm going to show you how to have that horsepower in your life on the next truth and power. Thanks for tuning in. Go check out kingdomyouthconference.com. See all the events that we are doing. God is moving in a powerful way in the generation. We've got a lot of conferences coming your way. So go check out kingdomyouthconference.com. And if you want to support the ministry, we'd love for you to do that. Have a blessed day. God bless you. To keep up with everything Ryan has going on, go to kingdomyouthconference.com or follow him at facebook.com slash Ryan Edberg Music.